This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 66 of the Animaniacast. Welcome once again to the Animated Cast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated series, Animaniacs. Here we explore the series, episode by episode, exploring all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And in the end, we give each episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again in Los Angeles is my brother, Nathan. Am I on the air? Oh, all right. I just wanted to say that I think you guys are great and that I love your show. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hi there. Hey, everybody. So today we are now in the second season of Animaniacs. Da, 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 da. Very short second season of Animaniacs. Uh, just a few episodes in this one. But this this episode right here is uh, features... Uh, three major segments. It features Take My Siblings, Please, The Mindy 500, and Morning Malaise. Uh, well, what do you guys think? In a few words, what would you say about this episode? If someone were to ask you what you thought. Um, Kelly, let's start with you. What do you think? It reminded me of, of when the Howard Stern show used to be on E! Entertainment. Television. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> that was on, Yeah. Yeah, Howard Stern used to have his E! Entertainment show. I forgot about all about that. I think you could maybe still see his uncensored show somewhere. I don't know. It's usually on or off the air in some way. I don't know. Nathan, what about you? Maybe the best episode of season two, I think. Definitely. Definitely the best <laughs> one we've seen so far. Well, yeah, definitely so far. <laughs> but it's going to be in the top five for sure. <laughs> That's right, because this ep- this season... Only four. Yes. So this season only has four episodes. Is that it, Nathan? I th- I believe so. Wow. So this is a very brief season. And we were discussing a little bit about this. This season essentially consists of kind of leftovers from the first season, right? Yeah. Well, they're just like little snippets that they... I, I guess they were going to be... They already knew there was going to be a WB network, basically. And there would be like its own little... Uh, section for Animaniacs and new episodes there. So Fox only bought like four episodes and then they just took the scraps from season one. I guess it was a deal. I would think they got it at a, a steal price. Yeah, exactly. I remember this time period right now for Animaniacs uh, as a kid because, well, I say as a kid, I was a had to be a teenager. <laughs> but anyway, um, I do remember this time period going, you know, getting home and going, where's the new Animaniacs? And kind of being upset, you know, in the fall lineup. You say, like, you know, all the other shows are coming out with new episodes. But all of a sudden, Animaniacs and... And I also remember Batman, the animated series. It's like, 
or maybe it was Batman and Robin at this point, but it was just like, where's my new episodes? I got, it was two great shows and I just, uh, I was just seeing reruns all the time. And every now and then in the case of Animaniacs, you'd get like a, one you haven't seen before, like this one. And, but it, this was pre, you know, internet <laughs> stuff. So you couldn't, you didn't really know when necessarily they were going to drop or anything like that. So very frustrating as a, as a young viewer trying to figure out when these new episodes were going to be. But uh, I don't know. Did you ever have that kind of situation as well, Kelly? No, not really. I mean, because I, I, I just came home and watched it every day, so I didn't really pay attention to, to whether it was a new season or, or not. <laughs> as long as it was on, you were happy, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, well, Nathan... Tell us, when did this episode first premiere? So this episode premiered on Saturday, September 10th of 1994. And not a whole lot happened that week, but uh, we just came back from summer and a whole bunch of movies came out since the last episode. So I'm just going to name off those. Okay. Um, in June, we had uh, City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold, <laughs> Speed, and The Lion King came out. Uh so yeah, speed and the Lion King. That's great. Uh, that July. Be, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, July we got uh, Baby's Day Out, which is basically Mindy's and Buttons. Uh, we got The Shadow. We got Forrest Gump, Angels in the Outfield, True Lies, and The Mask. Wow. So yeah, like that. <laughs> um, and then August got uh, Clear and Present Danger, The Little Rascals, Natural Born Killers, and The Next Karate Kid. Okay, so this was. We are now in. Joey's freshman year of high school, 1994. <laughs> and I remember that summer with all those movies because I spent the summer up in uh, Berkeley with our aunt and uncle and uh, cousins. And I saw so many of those movies. We'd go to the theater. It was basically like they didn't have a TV set <laughs> over there. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, but we did see a lot of movies. We went to the movie theater a lot. So, I saw a lot of those movies um, that you mentioned. Uh, Lion King, gosh. Yeah, that was the big movie of the summer for sure. But, I saw it four times. But yeah. also Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump was a huge movie that summer too. So That came out in the summer too. My goodness. Big summer. Yeah. Big summer. Lion King, Mask. Uh, gosh, what was the first one you mentioned before Lion King? <laughs> um, we had Speed and Speed. Slickers too. Yep, yeah. I saw Speed in the theater as well. Yep. <laughs> That was a big thing as well. Oh my goodness! What a summer I saw of movies! True Lies in the in the theater. You saw True like, Lies. Yeah, you know, and You're I was too be, young. Yeah, I was way too young for that. But <laughs> I was what eight or something, something. seven. So good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get straight into our discussion of today's episode. So first of all, let's talk about the opening. It started with you know here's the show's namey again, but it did have a a variable verse in you know somewhere else and that was they got rid of the bill clinton plays the sax uh you know variant right there instead they say we've got wisecracks by the stacks and they show a shot of the warners kind of doing their little russian kicking dance from taming of the screwy it's kind of weird doesn't really look good to me, but that was just me. Did you guys notice that at all? I, I mean, yeah, it looked it looked 
weirder than Bill Clinton playing the sax, but I think I'm just used to Bill Clinton playing the sax. So. I just skipped the intro when I was watching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I actually the first the first uh, time I watched it, I just skip, you know skipped the ending and, or the beginning, and uh, <laughs> but then I watched it again last night and I was like, wait, what just happened? So, yeah, totally different uh, different line right there. Very weird. And now, Dot's Poetry Corner. <laughs> so we have these, again, talking about little uh, leftovers, we also have uh, three Dot's Poetry Corners. And I'll kind of go through them real quick. First of all, uh, the first Dot's Poetry Corner has I'm a Little Teapot. I'm a Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle, and here is a note from my shrink. He says I'm getting better. Last week I thought I was a toaster oven. <laughs> a very kind of silly one right there. I like that one a, a lot. And then the second Dots Poetry Corner was almost a magic act, a magic act or something like that, because she's uh, Dot is talking about roses are red, and she does this really cool... Uh, interpretation with the 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 lyrics are kind of uh, advanced, I think, for Dot's Poetry Corner. Roses are red. Roses are red. Violets are blue. That's what they say, but it just isn't true. Roses are red and apples are too. But violets are violet. Violets aren't blue. An orange is orange, but Greenland's not green. A pinky's not pink. So what does it mean? To call something blue when it's not, we defile it. But uh, what the heck? It's hard to rhyme, Violet. But that was pretty impressive. And then, of course, the very last one was the poem that I wrote. And she basically gets booed off the stage. And she keeps saying, this is the poem that I wrote. This is the poem. It's a very annoying Dots Poetry Corner. This is the audience that would do anything to shut up the person who has the mouth that's saying the words that are in the poem that I wrote. This is the TV show that tortures an audience until they would do anything to shut up the person who has the mouth that is... This has been another visit to Dots Poetry Corner. It's also the last Dots Poetry Corner that we have for the whole series. Uh, Oh, wow. I believe those are the last ones right there. We will not see Dots Poetry Corner ever again. We'll have to do a best of Dots Poetry Corner sometime. I, I suppose so. Which is the best Dots Poetry? We'll have to. We'll have it's to. Too hard. It's too many of them. There's a lot of them, <laughs> so we'll probably have to get together and plan one of these a poll of what we think is the best for, and then have the audience go from there at one of these days. Look for that next week. We'll try it next week. <laughs> sure. Maybe. Especially if we can't think of something. <laughs> exactly. Maybe unless we think of something better. In the case, never mind. Uh, but those are our three Dots Poetry Corners. Uh, Kelly, Nathan, what do you guys think? Which one was, uh, which one was the funniest? I thought they were all pretty good. Uh, I thought the animation was a little weak on most of them. Yeah, that's the freelance animation, I believe. Yeah. Which always kind of looks weird. They were all, I think, better than usual dot poetry corners, I thought. That last one annoyed me. I don't know about you, but anyway. Yeah, it was pretty annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't find any of them particularly, like, funny necessarily i mean it, i didn't laugh at any of them but i i really did like I, I, what was it the second one where she roses are red yes and uh i thought Violets that was Violet. very clever and i mean it, it was long for a dot's poetry corner and uh i it was it was insightful it was you know it was kind of like shower thoughts you know like <laughs> yeah violets aren't 
blue though they're violet <laughs> and um and so i i just i thought it, i thought it was really cleverly written and i i really enjoyed that one okay other than those dots poetry corners and things like that there is one little short transition which is a shortened version of the warners running away in a plane with uh, uh ralph dragging behind there's no music or anything on it it's kind of weird. It just is there. And honestly, if you blink, you might miss it. Uh, that was there. Not, don't think we really have much to say about that one other than yeah, it's I, there. I'm just confused. Like, <laughs> did they really need that extra second? Like, why did they even put it in? Like, Yeah, couldn't I, they have just done a longer reaction shot of somebody? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But... Apparently they like, did. Oh, we're two seconds short. We gotta. <laughs> Apparently they needed it. Uh, and then, and I'm just gonna go ahead and talk about it right now because why the heck not? What I think might be the worst <laughs> wheel of morality that we've seen. Everything was recycled on it, and then at the end, uh, the moral was, "Don't be a fool. Stay in school." Which just sounds like something Mr. T would say. Uh, although it would probably be more entertaining from Mr. T, though. Um, he pities the fool that doesn't stay in school. Yeah, pity the fool. There's yeah, a, there's a great... They said it like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great Mr. T album, by the way, that was released back in the mid-80s that you could probably find it on YouTube or something like that. I highly recommend uh, listening to it, everybody, because it is so unintentionally funny it's so great go ahead and get into our main discussion which is our three different uh segments here so the first one was called take my siblings please and take my siblings please was written by paul rugg and it was directed by michael gerard uh basically this is the the retelling of the three billy goats gruff but with the warners instead we have a cool uh organ that they play a lot and uh basically there's a troll under a bridge they all want to go to the other side to be in the meadow to kind of hang out they're romping on the other side which is looks like a lot of fun especially with the dancing girls around but they all want to go to the other side at one point and uh they all you know go up to the this troll and they all tell the troll like don't eat me you know don't want to eat me. I'm just a little skinny thing. I know. Eat my brothers. They're way meatier than I am. They should be coming over the bridge any minute now. Please. And we all know that story. You know, 
goes to the last one, the eldest sibling, Yakko. And before the troll can say anything, Yakko immediately pulls out a humongous mallet and squishes the troll. Blah! I'm gonna eat you! Hey! Hey! And that's the end of the the thing, basically. That's the end of her story. Um, that's the that's take my siblings, please. The ending of our story. (laughs) (laughs) The ending. Uh, that was the ending of our story in this case. What do you guys think of our little uh cartoon? It was very short. What did you guys think, Nathan? Yeah, very very short, but uh, it was good. They broke the the fourth wall a lot. Uh, so that was that was fun. Well, somebody had to do it. So it was a fun little episode, but yeah, very short and didn't really seem like it had a a good ending. The troll kind of annoyed me too, saying blah 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 every time. But blah blah blah. Yeah, blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. The animation was a little sloppy, though, don't you think? It was just like it yeah, was not time. necessarily bad. There was some parts where it looked really good, and then other parts where it was just like. What the heck is going on with their facial expressions? Like, I don't know what's going on. It just looked weird. It looked not bad, but just weird. When Dot was kind of heading off onto the Forbidden Meadow, her head looked really big in one of the shots. Yeah. Yeah, Like, way too big. But (laughs) So things were a little bit off. And did you notice, like, speaking of people's heads, like, um, the troll's hair at, you know, she makes this whole big thing about, you know, what are you putting in your hair and everything? And she puts a bow in it. And then the next shot, his hair is like down to like just two or three strands as if either it got pulled out or I don't know, something weird happened. He he was ashamed of his hair. So he cut it all off. Obviously, (laughs) obviously off camera, he cut his hair off really quickly. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I don't know. It's, it's a cute one. I really, I did laugh out loud when Yakko just pulls out the mallet because I was just, um, that was surprising to me. Just seeing that, yeah, you ending. definitely don't. You do not expect that to happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when it comes to cultural references, it, there's really not too much. I mean, the title itself is based on the Henny Youngman joke. Uh, Take my wife, please. Uh, Henny Youngman, I believe, was in an episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. He played a. He was on one episode as one of the teachers, I believe, and. Of course, Wacko was singing the song to Tiny Toon Adventures and then saying he's kind of sick of that song, which that was kind of mean, but whatever. Uh, Dot is singing a parody of the girl from Ipanipa, Ipanima, I should say. And some people say that the organ that uh, Wacko was playing was very similar to Captain uh, Nemo's organ from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. But that's I'll leave that up to the people that actually have seen that movie, because I certainly haven't. Uh, are there any... <laughs> long time ago so i wouldn't i don't remember an organ yeah i just remember davy jones in the pirates movie uh playing the organ a couple times that's the only kind of organ from a sea person that i remember watching at all i like how wacko would look at the camera every now and then and they actually all looked at the camera and just talked to the audience like you were saying nathan there was some good breaking of the fourth wall right there but uh really that's that's about it for me is there any other things that you guys thought were uh nice about this first cartoon 
Um, I found out what romping is now, I guess. Yeah, I like the romp, 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 romp. I never knew. I mean, I read it in a book that people are romping. Now I know what that means. Yeah, you it do. Like... You do look a little conga line. Don't worry about me. I'll find someone to romp with. <laughs> I love cartoons. Depending on where your brain is at the at the time, Yakko being with the dancing girls romping could mean a few different things. So who yeah. knows? I was really tired after they were romping. <sighs> Come on, one more romp. I'll even get in front this time. No, I'll even get in front this time. I don't know what that means. So. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. The less said about it, the better, I think, to keep our, our <laughs> non-explicit rating on iTunes. But we'll go ahead <laughs> and move on, I suppose, to the next cartoon. And that is the Mindy 500. The Mindy 500 was written by John P. McCann, and it was directed by Michael Gerard. Nathan, tell us, what happens here in the Mindy 500? So it's another Mindy and Buttons cartoon, folks. And in this one, Mindy is driving a little car at the beginning of it, and Buttons is supposed to watch her and make sure uh, he doesn't dig up any plants or anything. But Mindy sees a race car on a truck and she sees a little clown on that race car and she wants to drive that car instead. So she uh, gets out of her uh, yard and buttons chases after her. She ends up going into a, a whole race of, with a bunch of other cars and she gets to ride her clown car and they end up, uh, I guess they get first place. They get a trophy. They may have just stole the trophy. I'm not quite sure. And they end up crashing back into the yard and buttons, is into the ground and the mom thinks that buttons dug up the yard and dug up a trophy and yells at buttons so there's the cartoon <laughs> yep yes indeed <laughs> and buttons felt very tired in this episode too for a while ha 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 that was a good that was i like that part uh there was good foley and everything yeah well, you know, there's not much to say. Well, you know, the the mom, I did find out what hair color the mom uh, mom has in this episode. For a split second, they do show her uh, hair, her back of her head. So she has blonde hair, or at least she did it in this episode. Who knows? She's so yeah. busy doing everything else. She could change her hairstyle, you know, every day for all we know. Uh, <laughs> well, there's not really much to say about references to other stuff. I mean... Uh, it's obviously it's the Indy 500. They're referencing that race. Uh, the, the Warners are in a scene for a split second. They're mm-hmm. kind of walking around. Um, it's a mildly amusing cartoon with some sometimes good animation and sometimes horrible animation. I, <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about, uh, this episode? This episode, once again, by the way, was animated by the folks over at Freelance Animation which uh, is has it has its problems from time to time. Uh, what do you guys think, Kelly, Nathan? I like where um, buttons uh, got squished by the tire, and then like he was all flattened and looked like a tire. 
<laughs> I like how he rolled off of it too and got back into his normal shape. That was kind of a cool <laughs> thing right there. There's some good close ups of Button's face too, uh, from time yeah. to time. Yeah, I, I liked uh, the what the driver says when he gets the. T- he's like, "I want a new tire. This is a dog." Change this tire. It's a dog. Oops, sorry. Just like, oh, sorry. Just... <laughs> yeah, 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 for for as simple as a Mindy Buttons episode can be plot wise, and they always usually are. Uh, there were some there were some good uh, lines there written by John P. McCann, like the mother, of course, like going to talking about planning a PTA meeting about negligent parents. <laughs> and Hi, lady. Call me mom. If you need me, I'll be inside drafting a PTA resolution against negligent mothers. Okay, lady. I love you. Bye-bye. Uh, <laughs> but it is, but it is still a Mindy and Buttons cartoon. And it is, I mean, the, the animation in it was just not that good. I mean, there's a part where Buttons is dodging these cars and the cars just look the scale is like really off at some points. Like they look like mini cars, like, and sometimes they're bigger and sometimes they're small. I don't know. It's just all over the place. And I, I just tried not to think about it too much. Otherwise it just upset me. But, uh, what do you guys think? Any, any other, anything, any other parts that you thought were, uh, humorous in this Mindy and Buttons cartoon? I was thinking maybe it's like, is it, was this a reference to that Pixar movie cars three? Like, <laughs> It, it was a been it was a reference the, before its time. That's how right. ahead of its time Animaniacs was. If it was referencing movies that would not be out for twenty something years, see, amazing. Let's go ahead then and get to our last segment, and that is called Morning Malaise. <laughs> Morning Malaise was written by Nicholas Hollander, was directed by Alfred Gimeno and Dave Marshall. Kelly, what happens here in Morning Malaise? Well, it's a um, parody of Howard Stern, which I would think most, like the target audience for Animaniacs, hopefully wouldn't have even known who Howard Stern was, (laughs) because he's not exactly known for being kid-friendly. But um, he... uh, He's been known as the what I think they call him the shock jock because uh, he, you know, mean to his uh, fans and, and just kind of all over the place. And he, like we mentioned at the beginning, he did he used to have a show on uh, E! Entertainment. Um, and and I, I didn't watch it, but I, I watched a lot of the. Um, what do you call it? Um so, like, they used to show movie trailers on E! And I'd watch it and um, the weekend review. And so I'd catch it either before or after certain things aired. So that was my familiarity with him. So, and he, and he was known for having, like, this long, curly brown hair. and Or I guess it was brown, I think. But um, anyway, the, uh, the Animaniacs, they're birds. And so he's, instead of Howard Stern, he's Howie Turn. And... <laughs> um, Robin, is it Quivers? Yes. Robin Quivers was his co-host, and she was sort of like the more mild-mannered, nicer person, maybe his moral conscience, if you will. <laughs> and in the, the episode, she's, I, I think it's I Am a Ro- I, I Am a Robin. Uh, yeah, Howie. That's my name. Don't wear it out. And uh, turn down your radio, you goofball. And I'm a Robin. You're on the air. 
So it's Robin and Howie Turn, and they're doing the radio show, and the Animaniacs call in, and he's super mean to them. And so they end up going down to the uh, station, and chaos ensues. And um, one of my uh, favorite lines from that is, is, you know, does Cher know that you're wearing her hair? <laughs> nice wig you got there. Does Cher know you're borrowing it? The way they defeat him, I suppose you could say, is having kind of like a battle of wits. Uh, Yakko versus Howie Turn. And Howie Turn, of course, like explodes with uh, the witticisms that Yakko is able to put out. Even though I don't know if necessarily Yakko's comebacks were necessarily the best. I think I've heard some better ones from Dot and Wacko, who was or apparently his writing team. What kind of fool do you take me for? Ooh, yeah, these kids think they're really cute. I can't help it if I'm cute. Uh... <laughs> He's got gingivitis. I am Howie Turn. I'm a big star. I'm a household name. So is the Mr. Tidyball Man. Are you related? Well, that's pretty funny coming from a kid who looks like a demented monkey. You know, you could talk your head off all day and never miss it. Oh, yeah? Well, is that your face, or did you block a kick? Too bad the closest you'll ever come to a brainstorm is a light drizzle. There's a train leaving in a few minutes. Why don't you be under it? You know, you'd make a fortune renting your head out as a balloon. Oh, oh yeah? Well, I, I guess you're one of those mighty brains. Mighty empty. Last time I saw a mouth that big, it had a fish hook in it. You're a little shorty... shorty. It reminded me a lot of Pee Wee Herman, like, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. You're crazy. I know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? But uh, I think most people would probably know Howard Stern today from probably America's Got Talent, because he has been a judge on there recently. But back in the early 90s, early and mid 90s into the late 90s, I suppose, he was, you know, just the number one radio show host nationwide. He wasn't in our... I don't think you could hear him really on the air very easily in Tucson as a kid, um, unless you had a really good radio signal and were able to pick up like the station in Phoenix or something like that. Um, but he, yeah, he was definitely on E! Entertainment. I would see his show... Uh, or at least parts of it when I would try to watch uh, this, you know, Talk Soup or something like that on E! <laughs> and probably catch a few minutes of it there. But other than that, I didn't really have much to hear from his uh, his radio show. Did, were, did you ever get it? Was it playing in the Atlanta area at the time on the radio, Kelly? I, I don't know. I The only thing I listened to on the radio back then was uh, the local pop station ah uh, yeah and that definitely was not and, howard stern <laughs> yeah and that usually was just in the morning when my alarm would go off yeah <laughs> um or or in my car um well we'll see no i wasn't driving then <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was too young to be driving when animaniacs was on but um so yeah usually just in the morning when my, when my alarm would go off and so I, I didn't listen to any other stations <laughs> well and nathan i i don't suppose you remember anything much of howard stern right I mean, I know of Howard Stern, but yeah, like yeah. I never listened to his show. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did definitely get. I think the voice of Howard, uh, Howie Turn, 
and Robin in this are just spot on. I mean, they really were amazing impressions. Maurice LaMarche is doing the Howard, his Howard Stern, basically, uh, his voice for Howard Stern. And it was just, it was impressive. It really does sound like him quite a bit. But let this be a lesson to all. For wherever there is belching, we'll be there. Wherever there is stupidity, we'll be there. Wherever there is candy, we'll be there a lot quicker. It ends with a a reference. Some people think it's a, a reference to uh, the Three Amigos, but really, I, it, I think it was really referring to the Grapes of Wrath. I'll be all around in the dark. I'll be everywhere, wherever you can look. Wherever there's a fight so hungry people can eat, I'll be there. Wherever there's a cop beating up a guy, I'll be there. I'll be in the way guys yell when they're mad. I'll be in the way kids laugh when they're hungry and they know supper's ready. And when the people are eating the stuff they raise and living in the houses they build, I'll be there too. Of course, in Three Amigos, they say, you know, wherever there is suffering, we'll be there. Wherever there is injustice, you will find us. Wherever there is suffering, we'll be there. Line. Wherever liberty is threatened, you'll... Wherever liberty is threatened, you will find... The Three Amigos! I love Three Amigos, but... Yeah, it's a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) But I think they were probably referring to John Steinbeck's uh, Grapes of Wrath right there. Hello, listener. This is Jess Harnell, the voice of Wacko and Animaniacs, and you're listening to Cast, which is the best thing you could possibly listen to, especially if you're not wearing pants. I'd love to go on talking to you, but I can't because I've got a potty emergency. See you later. Well, let's go ahead and get to our Water Tower rating. So what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. Um, I'll give it, uh, I guess, two and a half. Two and a half? Yep. Yeah. Two and a half? Question. Sure. <laughs> two and a half, question mark. I'm what? just, yeah, well, like, there was no, no uh, sketch like that I need to see again and there were some drawing parts that were just distracting. I think if the animation was better I could give it a, a 3 easily. Yeah, that's a that's that's the thing with some of these episodes. The animation if the animation is off, suddenly you're not listening to the dialogue anymore and the great writing and then that ends up hurting the episode. Um unfortunately, that happens in a few episodes. Um, I was just thinking back to the animator's alley the other day and how everything that was said in that episode between the animator and the Warners was actually very funny stuff. But the animation was so bad that it just took away from every joke they were saying and you couldn't focus on it. Anyway, Kelly, what about you? What do you think? I will give it a three. Um, It was just average. It was okay. It wasn't... Um, I really did like that that dots poetry corner though, which is kind of unusual because I'm I'm usually me about about those, but I I just thought that one was super clever and uh, um 
but the you know everything else it it was pretty similar to stuff we'd already seen nothing stood out okay so um nothing there wasn't anything awful or terrible about it it was fine um it was fine, and and as you know, if a woman says something's fine, it's not really fine, <laughs> but it's, it's it's okay. It'll do. Uh, yes. Okay, well then, you know, yeah, I'm gonna give it. I was gonna give it two and a half, but I'll. You're right, Kelly. Those dots poetry corners were some of the the better ones that we've seen. Uh, I'll give it a three as well. I'll be generous, especially because the the next episodes in this uh, short season may I, I'm not too optimistic about leftovers that we have right now. So I'm going to give this one three because I'm afraid that I'm the, it might go. Who knows? Hopefully I don't go downhill from here, but I might end up giving some two point fives in the next few episodes. I hope not, but we'll find out. I'm trying not to view ahead just so uh, I don't I don't mess up everything, but. Who knows? We'll find out. So I'm giving it three as well. So let's go ahead and get to our poll results from last week. And let's see. Where are those? Oh, no. Hang on. The poll. Oh, okay. The poll results are not done right now. So we're just going to have to turn over to the announcer. Woo. Hello there, this is the announcer, and I'm here on a... Well, I must be on the North Pole or something, because it's snowy and white, and it's around Christmas time at the time of this recording, so therefore I must be on the North Pole. Well, anyway, I am here to tell everybody about the uh, Panamanicast Twitter poll results. So here we go. The hosts unanimously gave the following hashtag Animaniacs episodes five water towers. But which one is the best? Hashtag Animaniacast poll. Episode 40, which had fair game and puppet rulers, got 11%. Episode 20, which featured Hearts of Twilight and the Boyds, got 17%. But it was episode 34, which featured... Clown and Out and Bubba Boba Brain, which one with 72%? That's right there is perhaps the best episode of season one of Animaniacs. And right now I better get some shelter, but I can't find anything. I... What? What's that? I think I hear Santa's reindeer in the background. Could it be? Is it jolly old Saint Nick? It's... What the heck is that thing? Well, I'm up to the studio with uh, this week's poll. So, episode 34, Clowning Out, was the winner of that one. Uh, what do you guys think? So we're, how does he always get the results before we do? I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it, but the announcer has, he has some sort of ability to do that. Okay. Uses the force. Uh, (laughs) kind of like the ability for Kelly to get early tickets for seeing the last Jedi ahead of everyone else (laughs) with media things. Jeez Louise. I will see it on the 11th. Ah, anyway. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, I, I yeah, I'm so jealous. Anyway, I know I put Clowning Out and Bubba Boba Brain as my number one on last week's show. But uh, what do you guys think? Do you, any change of changes of heart or anything, or 
which one of those do you think is the best? That, that's the top of my three is Bobo Bob, Bob Brain with Clowning Out. Yeah. And Kelly, you said Hearts of Twilight was the, and the Boyd's was the best of those three, but do you still think that, or do you, are you going to go? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I kind of torn between um, Fair Game and Puppet Rulers. Ah, yeah. It's... I love Fair Game. I, I don't know. I'll just, keep, I'll keep Hearts of Twilight. Okay. Yeah, when <laughs> the first three votes that came in were one for each one. So it it you know, eventually episode 34, you know, ran away with it, but the first three people who voted on this week's poll, uh one voted for episode 20, one voted for episode 34, and the other voted for episode 40. So all three are really great episodes. So uh yeah, it's a hard decision. Well, let's go ahead and get to the poll for this week. And Nathan, what do we got? All right, so we, of course, know that the Animaniacs will be back someday, right? Like, they're going to make new episodes eventually, right? Sure, I mean, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, if they do ever make new episodes of the Animaniacs, what would our preferred animation style be for an Animaniacs reboot? So we have uh, Flash animation, or we could do computer animation, or we could do hand-drawn animation, or we can do live action, everybody. What do you think? What would you want to see? And by live action, do we mean like Roger Rabbit, or do we mean like people dressed up as Animaniacs or something? Hey, because I don't know if, it as they want. I don't know if I want a furries thing going on. But anyway, <laughs> you could just have animals do all the things. Oh, live action that way. Oh, too. that would be really upsetting so, with the Warners. Then I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know what animal they would choose. Although a live action <laughs> Mindy and Buttons might be kind of cool to watch. I might want to watch that. So, yeah, just we'll, the people will vote. We'll let the people decide. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. By the way, and like Nathan said at the beginning of the episode, Mindy Button's live action is Baby's Day Out. It's a much, it's a very good movie. I just rewatched it on Netflix recently and enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, okay. Well, you can make your voice heard by simply going to twitter.com slash animaniacast or just search for hashtag animaniacast poll. You can find that poll and, uh, place your vote see what uh tell us what animation style you would prefer the most well let's go ahead and get straight on over to some plugs some contact information kelly where can people get in contact with you they can find me on twitter at yoda princess y-o-d-a-p-r-n-c-s-s or email me kelly at bigshinyrobot.com and nathan what about you I'm also on Twitter, folks. I now have 40 followers. And, yeah, Django FT. That's me. All right. And speaking of followers and things like that, the Animaniacast, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, we almost have 2,000 followers. And on Facebook, we almost have 500 likes. So if you are not following us on Twitter and liking us on Facebook, what the heck are you doing? Get on there right now and do it. God, okay, I just followed you. I'm oh, sorry. thank you. Thank you, Nathan. Jeez, Louise, about time. Okay, so you can also uh, send us an email, which is animanicast at retrozap.com. And speaking of retrozap.com, we are a proud member of the Retrozap family. And uh, gosh, you should head on over there because every single day they got new articles, we got new podcasts dropping. And it's just so much. There are 21 different uh, RetroZap podcasts to listen to. So whether it's dealing with movies, Star Wars, superheroes, or just pop culture in general, 
RetroZap has you covered. You can actually subscribe to the RetroZap iTunes feed or podcast feed and get every single one of the 21 podcasts delivered straight to your device for free. It's free entertainment. It's free entertainment. I don't know if you can... I'm trying to combine these words. I can't do it. Uh, So you get... Entertainment. For entertainment. There you go. And you can also check us out on Animaniacast.com. That'll take you straight on over to our RetroZap.com archives. Uh, Well, I think that's about it for us. So, for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. You're a, you're a, a, a noonie head! <laughs>